0: Welcome to Arizona Opera Behind the Scenes, a podcast. In this series, hosts Cassie Roble, the Director of Education, and Kathleen Trott, the Shop Manager for the Marlowe Allen and Scott Stallard Costume Artisan Workshop, will introduce you to all the departments and people at Arizona Opera that are necessary to produce the operas you enjoy. In this episode, we will be joined by Cody Grasher, Kayla Zimet, and Tania Tidwell.
1: So we're gonna start with our trivia from last week. Jean-Baptiste Lully is often considered the father of French opera. Which of the following facts is not true about him? He credits a street performer at Mardi Gras for giving him his first music lesson on a recorder. He was actually born in Italy. And after having pioneered the concept of the conducting stick, he fatally injured himself with one. The um, street performer in Mardi Gras is not true. He actually um, performed as a street performer in Mardi Gras, but he did indeed die from stabbing himself with his own baton because he didn't want his leg cut off because then he wouldn't be able to dance. In 1782, at John Gray's The Beggar's Opera, what happened? A man named Mr. Whitlock tried to storm out during the performance, tripped, fell, and bled out from a head wound. A woman named Mrs. Fitzherberger died laughing, or a stagehand fell into the pit and crushed a violinist to death. Poor Mrs. Fitzherberger died laughing. All right, guys. Well, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Today's podcast we're going to talk to Cody, Kayla, and Tanaya who are our full season costume apprentices this season. Welcome guys.
2: Hey thanks for having us.
1: So we're going to start with them just talking a little bit about their specific titles because we do have different levels of costume apprentices this year. So let's start with Cody. So Cody tell us what your title is?
2: So this year I am a journeyman stitching apprentice.
1: Okay and then Kayla and Tanaya are both costume apprentice ones. So Cody what does that mean for us that you have a different title than our other two lovely apprentices?
2: Uh, so that just means I'm uh, more focused on the actual construction of the costumes this year uh, as opposed to the more well rounded uh, experience that the other apprentices get. So they're a little more involved in everything, and I'm more focused on actually building the costumes for the shows.
1: Great. Um, so, how did that come about that you and I decided that you would have a different title? Because I think our long term podcast listeners know that this isn't Cody's first venue into podcasting with Kathy <laughs> and I. So how long have you been with us and then what led us to deciding that as you came back you would be a journeyman?
2: Uh, So I first joined the Arizona Opera Costume Shop in the Apprentice Program in January of 2020. So La Boheme was my first show here and then I returned last season as well and uh, I was still just a costume apprentice last season. Uh, But you and I talked and I, you know, we chatted about how passionate I am about actually you know sewing and building the costumes and uh you said okay let's make this happen so that's my focus this season is you know getting the getting the costumes ready for our performers
0: i know that you uh, fortunately unfortunately joined january of 2020 so your things abruptly came to a halt in march 2020 um, and then the following year definitely looked a lot different than normal but do you have um something that you liked the best, um, that, that you've done in your time here at Arizona Opera, even though it's been a little unique.
2: Yeah, weirdly enough, my, uh, one of my favorite experiences came out of the pandemic season, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure many of our listeners know we produced a film during the pandemic, uh, The Copper Queen, and, uh, it actually, I know this is coming out later but it recently premiered and uh, we all got to see like the work that we had done on a big screen and then see our names in the credits which was kind of special. So that was really exciting.
0: For our listeners who are now able to watch The Copper Queen on Arizona Opera On Demand, is there a piece of clothing or something in the film that you specifically did that they could look for?
2: Oh, yeah. So um, the character of Theodore Billings, played by Mr. Joshua Dennis, Mm -hmm. lovely human. Uh, I made his uh, corduroy vest that he wears and his kind of rough wool um, coat that he wears as well. So those were some the, the coat specifically was kind of my first foray into full tailoring of a garment, which was really cool.
0: And to be able to see it on the big screen and know that it really is out there forever. I think that's something cool that's happening with the Copper Queen is when we put something on stage while there are photos and things like that, it, you know, we stage it and perform it and then it kind of goes away for a while. But in this case, the Copper Queen will be around forever. So
2: yeah, it's kind of exciting because I mean, even if we do end up reusing costumes from previous productions, there's normally tweaks made to them, but Mm. you know, that, costume is going to exist forever and ever as it was in that moment mm-hmm.
0: so next up we have Kayla and this is your first year as an Arizona Opera apprentice right yes it is. so what is your background education
3: so my background I started theater in Iowa at a local summer stock all throughout high school and decided to go um, to college for theater continue that passion that I had and that's where I got more into the costuming world. So I went to University of Northern Iowa and I got a degree in theater design and production. How did you find
0: Arizona Opera? How did you wind up here?
3: Yeah, so I had previously worked um, at the Utah Festival Opera, their summer stock there, um, where I had met Cody and our cutter draper, CC, And so I had had a previous knowledge of Arizona Opera. And when I graduated amidst the pandemic in 2020, I felt like it would be a really good next step for me to continue learning. Yeah, she was. Kayla was actually
1: supposed to come to us this last season, but then with everything, she um, didn't. And but we were really glad that she was able to take up the offer to come back this season.
3: Yes, I'm happy to be here. Right. So then,
1: Tanaya, your turn
3: yes hello um
4: this is also my first year as it's been said many times as the apprentice i'm very happy to be here too
1: so where um did you go to school for this where did you come from before you came to this lovely room and moment in time
4: so i didn't actually get into theater until i was in college um kind of all my education was focused more on the science, medical side, and that's what I originally got into college for. I did that for a year, hated it. So (laughs) um, I kind of had this whole shift in myself of like, okay, what are my passions? What do I actually like to do? And um, I love to sew. But I was, I was, you know, I wasn't terrible. I could like make things that you could wear, but I was like, you know, if I want to do anything with this, I have to get an education in it. Mm -hmm. So I ended up at the University of Arizona down in Tucson, and I was a part of their theater program. I graduated in December of 2020, kind of during the pandemic, which you know, very fun. Um, But I graduated with a BFA in theater with an emphasis of costume production.
1: Great. Um, so then in the in-between time from when you were graduating and then when you have come to us, what have you been doing with your life oh. during all of the events <laughs> of the world? Um, Yeah, besides just like
4: binge watching shows, because I was at home all t- the time. Um, Like I said, so my senior year, I had to go back home for college. Mm-hmm. And because of that sense, you know, theater is so hands-on when you're, You know, learning it and stuff. I really felt, although I was learning stuff online, I was just missing a lot of the experience that comes with actually working with the clothes. So I went out there to see what might be out there. I first looked at local theaters and, you know, the opera kind of came under my radar, but of course, kind of closed everything was. But luckily, I found a little alteration shop. Uh, that had a medical contract with a care facility so they were able to stay open. We made uh, gowns for them, masks, so I went there and they offered me the job so I've been working there for the past year or so and just getting experience that
0: way. Excellent. Cool. So. Tonight I'm going to stay with you for a second. Um, have you all, you just said a little bit about this, but have you always wanted to work in theater? I think secretly, yes. <laughs>
4: um, I was, gosh, I don't know. Okay, like many little kids, probably my first exposure to theater was The Lion King. Mm-hmm. My mom took me to a show and all I remember You know, I love the drama. I instantly fell in love with it. And there's a whole scene where the animals come down the aisles, and I was blown away what you could do with theater. Um, But unfortunately, with, like, how busy I was with school, I never had time to dive into that area. So it was always something I wanted to do, but never had the time to do until I made the switch up. And I have not regretted a single ounce of it.
1: That's
3: good. What about you, Kayla? Have you always wanted to be
1: in theater?
3: Um, I'd say from high school on, yes. Um, Prior to that, I was a very like shy child. I honestly credit theater a lot to me being able to come out of my bubble. So, but since high school, yeah, it's definitely been my choice.
1: So then this kind of segues real nicely into it. If then we couldn't be doing theater what would you guys want to be doing?
4: Okay. I, I can give you like two answers. Okay, I'm we'll going to give you, it. I'll give you the r- responsible answer first. Okay. <laughs> and oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to say probably something along the medical lines, just because I've had a lot of exposure to that, but deep down it would ha- if like true passion or whatever, something with dogs and I'm I'm big dog yeah
3: Uh yeah
0: that's a good one yeah
3: if I absolutely could not be in theater I would think I'd probably end up in like the education world um I had dipped my toe a little bit in that in college but I think I like my passion for theater just like outweighed it so much I was like Mm -hmm. no I need to go back yeah I probably would end up in that world still
0: Cody
2: (laughs) Uh, so great question. I would probably have, so I, I think I talked about this on the last podcast. I had originally entered college as a music performance major. So if I hadn't like discovered my love for theater in college, I probably would have stuck with that. But I don't know. That's also like a, a hard life to live. So I don't know. Maybe good question. Good question. I don't uh, see theater's the place for me. I don't know where else I would (laughs) pick it up. That's
0: what I was was just going to say. It's, I mean, it speaks volumes that you can't even think of something else that you would do because you're doing what you love, which I think is so great
1: about the arts. So, right. So then let's talk a little bit about this next season and, um, I know that like Kayla and I don't—they're very new, so they don't have a ton of experience. But just to sort of throw out, what are you h- hoping to have happen? What are you looking forward to the most this next season during your time with us?
4: For me personally, what really drew me into this whole apprenticeship is the ability to go into so many avenues within the costume making world, um, whether it be like the millinery side or even things with shoes you know I really like that there's going to be detail focused into that and it's not always going to be just the fabric which is also very exciting but I think that um, that we have a little bit of everything is really what I'm looking forward
0: to Yeah, the cool thing that um, I don't know if we've ever really spoken about in on any of these podcasts, but um, Kathleen and the rest of the costume shop do countless masterclasses throughout the year to teach the apprentices and they're offered to the public sometimes as well um, to teach them all different things. We just did shibori dyeing and I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on on what what they're taught but I think it's really neat that not only are they doing the specialized things for the performance but they're really dipping their hands in everything that you really could think of so
1: we try to make sure that they get experience in things that are really great to have on your resume but until you run into the specific show you're never going to get to learn how to do it but if you never get to learn how to do it how can you get hired to do it You know, it's one of those like circle things and dyeing techniques and crafting things are all like that, where as soon as you can put on your resume that you know how to, you know, do resin and do shibori or that you know how um, to do millinery, people instantly are like, oh, this person is very hireable, but you can't learn it if you don't get to do it. (laughs) Exactly. Kayla, what are you looking forward to this season?
3: I'm definitely looking forward to um, getting to experience multiple different sides of costuming. Um, Previously, I have really lived in wardrobe world, um, so I'm excited to get into things like stitching, dyeing, like all the other aspects that make up a costume department.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between working in wardrobe and what you're going to do this year?
1: So uh, just to make sure that we all are understanding, Kayla, you know, you just said that you're looking forward to doing things that are on not the wardrobe side and I just want to make sure that our listeners understand that when we hear in the costume shop and in theater in general when we're saying not the wardrobe side because it could be confusing um wardrobe specifically for us implies dressing during a performance being backstage often we're in blacks as opposed to being in the costume shop which does use wardrobe because wardrobe is another word for costumes but so I think what Kayla is sort of getting at is that she is looking forward to all of the construction in the costume shop element of the apprenticeship since what she has the most experience with is the backstage element of costumes Um, because Cody can attest that you do both things at an apprenticeship here that you have to be in the shop and on wardrobe yeah
2: yeah the uh the uh general apprenticeship is very well-rounded that you're getting that backstage experience and also getting the in the shop experience as well yeah.
0: cody as a second and a half year apprentice <laughs> <laughs> uh what are you looking for looking forward to the most
2: Uh, we're like really digging into alterations this season because we're doing a lot of rentals which is something that I have experience with but not like a wide variety of alterations so I'm actually kind of excited to get more experience in that world and then uh, we're actually like fully building COSI which is our final show of the season so, I'm really looking forward to like ending the season with a bunch of fully constructed garments that I can like add to my portfolio after this and be like, "Hey, look at all these pretty things I made so yeah, this season's gonna be uh exciting for me. I'm ready to get stitch in."
0: For those of you who don't know, um, at the end of the year, the Apprentices uh, do a event at the Opera Center where they're able to showcase uh, their portfolios. And we invite people to attend that and interact with the Apprentices. So you can watch our calendar for that as well at the yeah, end of the it's season. Like
1: open house. Mm-hmm. So they'll dress up some mannequins and the things that they made and put their portfolios and resumes out on tables so that way people can come see all the things that they've done. Tanaya, is there
0: anything that you have always wanted to build that you haven't had the opportunity, opportunity to do yet?
4: Ooh, that is a good question. <laughs> um, I think for me... It would have to be something along the lines of something very extravagant and like fitted for man or woman but i think more kind of the woman's angle because you can play a little bit more with that depending but you know if it's like a big ball gown or just something that's really detail oriented i'd love to get my hands on
0: what about you kayla is there anything that you've always wanted to build but you haven't had the opportunity to do it yet
3: Yes, I was actually talking um, with Cody about that recently. I was talking about how I have somehow managed to avoid building a corset up to this Mm. point. And that is an incredibly valuable skill to have. Uh Um, So definitely um, to start doing things like that.
1: Don't you worry. (laughs) We got you covered
3: this season.
0: (laughs) Cody, what about you? Anything that you've wanted to build that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet?
2: I would um, love to build like wedding dresses someday for like real people just because I think that would be a you put that a in terrifying a terrifying thrill <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have put that in the a, world uh, high pressure high yeah. stakes <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but no I mean I mean wedding dresses are beautiful and like that's something that can be so personal to a bride
0: Arizona Opera returns to the stage with El Milagro del Recuerdo, The Miracle of Remembering, December 3rd and 4th at 7.30 p.m. and December 5th at 2 p.m. at the Herberger Theatre Center in Phoenix, and December 11th at 7.30 and December 12th at 2 p.m. at the Temple of Music and Art in Tucson. In both cities, join Director of Community Alliances, Courtney Clark, an hour before the show for a pre-performance talk. The Copper Queen film is also still available for purchase on Arizona Opera On Demand until January 4, 2022. To find all of Arizona Opera's upcoming events, visit azopera.org upcoming events or azopera.org and click calendar. Please be sure to check the required COVID-19 safety requirements prior to attending an Arizona Opera event. To stay up to date on all of Arizona Opera's events and performances, be sure to subscribe to our email list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn.
1: All right, guys, so let's jump into the last part of our um, podcast here with the question that is I hate also myself, but I'm gonna ask you with where do you guys see yourselves in 10 years?
4: This okay, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, for me personally, I would love to go down the route of becoming a professor someday. Oh, great. I love teaching, and um, you know, I have younger sister and stuff, I've been like forcing that on her where I'm (laughs) she'll be sitting around. I'm like, do you want to learn something today? And she's like, no. And I'm like, I don't care. You're learning. (laughs) So, um, I think for me personally, I would love to be working um, somewhere where I can teach costuming.
3: Right. So 10 years, um, it doesn't have to be 10 exactly. (laughs) Well, I hardly know what I'm having for dinner. Um, (laughs) fair. (laughs) Um, I think I would like to end up in some type of costume shop management position, um, because I like paperwork. (gasps) Woo, Kayla!
2: (laughs) You're after Kathleen's heart.
1: (laughs) You can't, unless you like the computer and the library part of this whole process, don't even think about being a costume shop manager because it's a lot of what it is. Yeah.
2: I don't know where or when, but I would love to be like the resident master stitcher at Mm, an opera house somewhere, or I mean, musical theater too. I don't, you know, have anything against that. It's just a different kind of...
1: It's all very, very similar from our perspective, like a musical theater, Shakespeare, opera all the same sort of skills yeah I just want to modified application yeah
2: I just want to keep honing my skills and keep learning and be the best that I can be you know
0: Excellent goals awesome well I think we're gonna jump into our our speed round of questions um
1: let's start with Cody so we're just after your sort of like fun gut Mm-hmm. Answers. Mm-hmm.
0: You know. All right, Cody. Throughout history, what is your favorite time period for costumes?
2: For costumes? Oh, I love the huge, like, 1800s, like, cupcake dresses. Oh. I know that's such a that wide antebellum. range. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, huge. Yeah.
0: Tanaya, what about you? What. Throughout history, what is your favorite time period for costumes?
4: I know this is speed round. Um
0: <laughs> we didn't emphasize comment. a fast speed or slow speed. Oh true.
1: Okay, let's cheating. She Ooh. pulled her phone up. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I know. Date-wise, I don't know when this is because I, yeah, I don't know years anymore with this pandemic, but um, but I've always loved like the Victorian era, especially Mm, in women's uh clothing, just all the different silhouettes of that era and how they were accomplished is crazy.
1: Victorian, that one era has so many different modifications inside of it. Yeah, it's a really good Mm. period. All right, cheater. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Okay, so I'm going to go, like, a little more modern um, Uh and say, like, in the 60s area because the dress shapes are just very appealing to me for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I really
1: like that 50s, 60s silhouette. It's one of my favorite ones to to do. Okay. What is your favorite non-domesticated animal?
4: Raccoon.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> <luck>. <laughs> hands. Little, hands. little hands i love them i know
1: they're just so choppy
4: and fuzzy they're and resourceful their little yeah. hands mm-hmm. i can't get enough
0: of them their little hands actually kind of freak me out a little <laughs> bit just because they're so like they're hand like hand like when yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. picture it. yeah they freak me out a little bit
2: Trash non-domesticated probably yep. bears i just think they're so cool
1: all right yeah yeah. Is there a specific bear species that you have a preference of? I love
2: black bears and their little ears. Their little ears. That's true. So yeah. True. have Yeah. That's
1: true.
3: I'm going to have to say my favorite non-domesticated animal is the fox, just because of how they're depicted in cartoons, though. Oh, uh, sure. That's sure. a good
0: one, too. I like the
2: fox in the
0: head. <laughs> that is a cute so one. Oh, <laughs> that's All right. If you had the power to make any one piece of clothing disappear, what would it be? Zippers.
2: What? (laughs) What would you use instead? Um buttons i don't know you're telling me backstage for quick changes you think buttons would be a better solution than (laughs)
3: zippers (laughs) (laughs) can i withdraw it and say velcro you can't because (laughs) i have to say
0: this whole episode kayla has been very shy about (laughs) the mic
1: answer Fast. And she, she just ran <laughs> to the mic, cracker,
2: lunged at the mic to say zippers. But also it was one piece of clothing. So you would just. Uh, <laughs> no. It's okay, a speed zippers. round. It was the true answer. <laughs> wow. Enlightenment that was the guy. I didn't realize this was what you were passionate about. <laughs> they're
3: very convenient until they're not. Sure. That's no. fair. That makes That's fair. fair. Yeah. When they break, it is awful. But. <laughs>
2: Can I make a piece of clothing reappear?
1: That is not the question. <laughs> Fine. Cody. Well, the,
2: the, the spirit of it is like a clothing trend you hate, right?
1: Yeah, sure, sure.
2: I hate when men aren't wearing socks with their shoes and they're wearing like... Mm-hmm. their the, the pants are too high. The pants are too yeah. high and they're not wearing socks. So you just see ankle. I'm like, put, your put pants a sock on it. Mm-hmm. Your pants are wrong. Your, so- your foot is wrong. You're wrong, sir. A
1: plus
0: for <laughs> So yeah. you want socks to reappear? I want
2: socks to reappear and on
0: everyone. And
1: to be properly lengthed. lengthed. It's fair. No, I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, tonight.
4: Okay, might be a little controversial because while well, I do more love them, more controversial.
1: <laughs> yeah. More, more controversial more. than zippers? <laughs> I mean, I don't know
4: if it's that far. <laughs> that was a, that was a pretty good one. Um, sequins. You know, mm. you can only have so much sequins and working with it. Blah. When it's like you know done right, just a little bit,
1: it's great. It's sparkly. Yeah, but it's never a little bit. No, no, yeah. no, And no. Then, look, you can't cut it. Like it's yeah. no. You dull oh your God. scissors and it breaks mm-hmm. in the sewing machine, and, and then you have sequins the everywhere. Oh, sequins gosh. Exploding. yeah, no. <laughs> yeah,
4: and you always find them like five years later. You'll be like, what is that? Sequins. Oh, yeah. it's I that mean, sequins. I mean, if I had to
1: pick up. A- If there were like one kind of trim to get rid of, I would be like, well, keep the sequins if you get rid of these stupid glass beads on everything, because you have to break them in the seam allowance in order to sew the garment together, because you can't overlock over them. You can't cut them with your scissors. They break in the machine. It tears the stupid fabric. They're awful. And you can't just cut it because then all of it unravels and all falls off because they chain stitch all the trim on.
2: Yeah. What about our two hosts? What would you guys get rid of? We
0: really dug up some emotion with this <laughs> yeah, question. this like, really started something. <laughs> yeah, Cassie,
2: something what, like. what, what clothing
1: piece would you get rid of? What clothing piece would I get rid of?
0: It's a good, it's a good question, and I wasn't prepared, so I'm
1: thinking. Uh, see, I asked the question knowing that I think I might not be able to pick one thing
2: just let start I know this.
1: I mean I'm I guess I would say
0: like bell bottom jeans but they've been out for a long time yeah, and they're creeping back yeah. in and I really would rather them not that and like low-rise super low rise jeans never again I will not
2: I knew you were going there
0: Yeah that's like I grew up with those mm, and, and I were just never want that. to experience
1: yeah. them again Yeah in the 90s and you would have to wear two underwears because your pants were so low and you didn't tie your <laughs> shoes. So then you'd get in a crash on your skateboard and your shoes would fly off and your pants would practically fall down. I have very strong opinions <laughs> about 90s fashions. Yeah, not so. a fan,
0: not a fan at all. <laughs> Kathleen? I, I, I just said- That's it, that got I, it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can tell you there are lots of others. The eighteen twenties is a weird period. They did weird things for ladies in the eighteen thirties. Like this is a path I I think that we would have a whole bunch of things gone.
0: I also on on the opinion of Cody and his making things reappear, I would like pockets that are usable <laughs> to reappear in women's clothing. <laughs> that would be that would be helpful. Yeah. Have fake pockets, a lot of fake pockets.
1: Well, Your pants can't be tight and tiny if they have real pockets in them, Cassie. I mean, I get it. Watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. All right. So we're going to end our speed round with our... This got added in with Joe and we've just retained it because it is always really good. What three inanimate objects would you take with you on a desert island?
2: I'd probably bring a book that I've been trying to read for ages, but haven't, <laughs> which is War you and Peace Force, by Leo Tolstoy, because it's a hard book to get through, but I would have nothing else to do, so I'd have to read it. True. Okay. And then I'm still blanking on my other two, so I don't know why I went first.
4: That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, okay, okay. A knife
2: there you go okay yeah i appreciate it
1: everybody else was like oh joe was gonna bring a stack of t-shirts yeah was like why is nobody bringing a knife come on guys (laughs) you
4: need one knife one good knife (laughs) because you're so far um probably like okay i'm I'm like trying to think of like all the survivor episodes and like (laughs) every dystopian movie i've ever watched what do they need practical Uh yeah um like maybe a good pair of boots oh, you yeah know? That's yeah and like some rope, rope. Mm-hmm. ropes
1: good yeah mm-hmm.
4: that's really boring though you know that's well, stuck my, with my friends would be
1: too, yeah is practical yeah. things so. yeah cody's just going to bring a book
2: <laughs> yeah i'm going to i'm going to stay in my fantasy land Fair. where i only survive Two days. Okay. <laughs> I won't even finish Warren No, you won't. <laughs> I'd probably bring um, one of those soda streams so I can have oh. bubbly water uh-huh. with you know, me. <laughs> <out> <laughs> they don't
0: need electricity. I mean.
2: Uh, and then, I don't know, what would my third item be? I'm, I mean, I'm only surviving like two days off of what <laughs> I'm bringing, so... Some fireworks go out with a bang. Cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I think I would bring a fishing pole, a gallon of water, and my phone. So when I don't catch any fish, someone can pick me up.
1: <laughs> Fair. Yep.
0: Not the first phone we heard. No, yeah. Nice.
1: She's got a plan. Right. Problem and a way to bail out. Yeah, right. that's right. This I
0: also like that it was just a gallon of water. I would have. Brought, like, a tank of water.
3: I can only carry so much. You're right. You're right.
0: You're right. Cool. Well, that was fun. Thanks for letting us kind of get to know you guys. I always enjoy the answers. I feel like when people answer these questions, it tells us a lot about them.
2: (laughs) Tanaya's the practical one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I will try. Awesome. (laughs) So we're going to jump right into our trivia questions for this
1: episode. Yeah. So, um... Cassie doesn't even know the answer, so she's going to be doing it with, and we'll let you guys know the answers in the next episode. All right. Cruella Deville in 101 Dalmatians famously cared deeply about her wardrobe. Which of the following quotes is not in the movie? We're talking about the cartoon from back in the day, just to clarify. And you call yourselves men. Ha! Huh. I've seen a more intelligent handbag. Two, you beasts. But I'm not beaten yet. You've won the battle, but I'm about to win the wardrobe. Three, my only true love, darling. I live for first, I worship first. After all, is there a woman in all this wretched world who doesn't? Four, my spotty puppy coat is in plain sight and leaving tracks. Only one of those is not in the movie. <laughs> that gives you an insight into this <laughs> crazy villain.
0: I think my gut was number two. I have not seen this movie for a very, very
1: long time.
4: <laughs> was two the wardrobe one?
1: Yes, the u Beast. Yeah, one. Yeah, but I'm about to win the wardrobe. It's the end of that one.
2: I mean that pun is just so good that I hope it is in the movie. <laughs> Fair, but the pun does feel out of place amongst the, the other rest. ones.
0: That's kind of where I was, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with number two, even though I I wish it was real.
3: I think I'm gonna follow the number two train. <laughs> yeah, except the wardrobe pun's a little painful, and I think I'd have okay. childhood trauma.
4: <laughs> I. I'm really hoping number two's in the movie because that's a really good one. So I'm going to go number four.
1: Okay. Great. True or false? In the 1940s, roll-on deodorant inspired the invention of the ballpoint pen. I almost immediately said true, and then my brain
0: is thinking, what if it's the reverse? Mm. I'm gonna say
2: false I'm I'm gonna say false because I think something else inspired both of those
3: oh. I'm also gonna go false because I feel like writing was more important than people smelling good
4: not to be the black sheep I'm gonna go true again the opposite <laughs> I love it <laughs> um, just Because I want that to be true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well, I think that's our last trivia question. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. It was great to have um, both Janiya and Kayla with us for the first time. And thanks for coming back again um, for the second time, Cody. We're looking forward to seeing everything that you all do.
1: Yeah, Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: We'll be releasing a new behind-the-scenes podcast every month, so make sure to check our website, azopera.org, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and join our email list so you never miss a moment. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Amazon Music. Arizona Opera Behind the Scenes is presented by Arizona Opera's Department of Education and Community Engagement. These programs are made possible in part thanks to the support from Karen Fruin, the Molly Blank Fund, Dr. Rex Brewster, Invest in Kids Charitable Gift Fund, the Marino Family Foundation, the Arizona Republic, Cardinals Charities, the City of Peoria, Desert Diamond Casino West Valley, Kiwanis of Lishfield, and a consortium of individual donors. The Behind the Scenes podcast is also part of the Arizona Opera Next Gen Initiative that encompasses a wide variety of programs that go beyond the opera stage to develop the next generation of opera artists, audiences, and philanthropists. To learn more about the programs that are part of the Arizona Opera Next Gen Initiative, please visit azopera.org. And click Next Gen Initiative. These programs are made possible in part thanks to generous support from Karen Fruin, Roma Witkoff, Jeanette J. Siegel, the Molly Blank Fund, APS, Jody Pelusi, and a consortium of individual donors. We would like to extend a special thanks to the Marlo Allen and Scott Stallard Costume Artisan Workshop. This podcast is produced by its hosts, Cassie Roble and Kathleen Trott, with editing and music composition by Sean Mallow.